Welcome back to the ATM episode Fumfumfumfzig 55. Wie sprechen die Deutsch? Uh, wie heißt sie? Uh, oh man, you asked me how I am and I can't even remember how to answer. So I'm good, <laughs> man. I'm not bad. All right. Good, good, good. Episode 55, we are going to devote solely to the upcoming NFL season. Uh, we've heard things already about the college season is expected to go on like normal. So we're going to pretend like the same thing is going to happen in the NFL and there is tons to talk about. So where do you want to start this, Jackson? Well, I kind of want to start with a little goat talk. Tom Brady recently, <laughs> ever since, you know, making the big waves, moving from New England to Tampa Bay, he finally did his first interview. And with all people, it was with Howard Stern on XM Radio. And I know you listened. I listened and told you you had to go listen to it. And I'm curious, what were your favorite parts and biggest takeaways from that interview? Yeah, so I've never listened to Howard Stern. I've seen some Same. I've seen some clips on uh certain websites uh about him what's that supposed i'm just to mean? gonna leave that one there okay but this was this was highly entertaining i saw Schefter tweeting about it when it happened i was like what's the big deal i know howard stern uh you know has a supremely popular show but this was really entertaining stuff and i thought brady did a great job combating the kind of technical uh, difficulties the technical difficulties and the like uh, pointed questions, I guess, because Stern really threw some. He was trying to get some specific answers out of them. Yeah, he was throwing some big hooks at him, and Brady did a great job deflecting off uh, anything, creating too much controversy. But the first thing I thought was noteworthy that uh, that I want to mention was how Donald Trump wanted Tom Brady yeah. to marry Ivanka. Yeah, I thought that was crazy. And I also thought it was crazy when he got talking about Trump because Howard Stern brought it up and wanted to mention it. And he was like, you know, I kind of became friends with this guy in, you know, mid early 2000s, like a lot of people did and mm -hmm. play golf with him, this and that. And Howard Stern was asking Brady, did he try to get you to speak at a Republican convention? And yeah. Brady was like, yeah. And they both they both were like, well, yeah, he tried to get me to also. And it sounds like Trump was just calling all his big dog celebrities trying to get him to endorse him. But they talked about becoming friends with him and what it was like becoming a celebrity and trying to steer clear of the politics and how they kind of kept their distance from him as they got older and became a bigger star and wanted to not have anything to do with politics. And I thought that was crazy just to hear Tom Brady be like, well, he started calling me after I won the Super Bowl and had some big games and he wanted to play golf. So I figured, sure, why not? And then all of a sudden I was hanging out with Donald Trump all the time and didn't even really know how it happened. And I just thought that was crazy that being a celebrity was that easy. Like you just win a Super Bowl and all of a sudden all the famous people in the world are calling you and showing <laughs> up at your doorstep. Yeah. Also uh, interesting that he, he asked him, did your relationship with Trump affect your presence in the locker room? Like did guys yeah. not like that you were friends with him, whatever. And Brady was just like, you know, I don't get involved with any of that. I don't, I don't think guys can really dislike me for it anyway. And I mean, yeah. any level headed person would agree with that, but it was really interesting. And then also how he met Giselle on a blind or a setup date, I guess. 
He said it sounded it like a blind date. Yeah, a blind a friend date. Set it up. A hell of a friend, whoever that is. I yeah. need some friends like him. A blind date, but he knew what she looked like, so that was interesting. And that he mentioned to her on that first date that his ex girlfriend was expecting a kid pretty soon, and that Giselle. Yeah. You know, here we are. I don't know married. if I don't know if he told her that on the first date, but I know he found that out right around the time they started dating and he was super upfront with her. And I thought that was crazy because I assumed all of his kids were with Giselle. I didn't know that he had his oldest son with a different girlfriend. So I thought that was crazy. And really just in general, I thought Stern did a great job getting him to open up. And the last bit that I thought was noteworthy was he said it had something to do with the hernia. He got hit really hard one game and one of his testicles swelled up like three times the size yeah. of normal. And he said Matt <laughs> Castle was the backup QB at the time. And oh, Matt yeah. Castle would make drawings of it all the time. And he said it was purple and orange and just disgusting. And Matt Castle would draw these crazy vivid testicles of Tom Brady. And he would drop them in the locker room, sneak him, you know, sneak it in his game prep stuff. Just like super bad stuff for uh, Tom Brady. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that and how Gronk used to walk around the locker room with just a towel over his shoulders and reporters everywhere. And that uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, though. yeah, that was good. And then also that as much as we think that Tom Brady's a machine, he was talking about how he would go to parties in high school. He yeah. dabbled around with weed and drinking and everything. So it was nice to know that Tom Brady is not a superhuman, that he is relatable and he's really just kind of a stand-up guy. He said that, you know, I I care so much about my body. I can't perform up to the level I'd like to if I, you know, do those types of things. So He said he felt guilty, too, which is what I thought was crazy. He was like, you know, if I would go drink or smoke or whatever, I knew my dad would want me out working. And I just felt guilty, and it made me not even want to do it. And I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, the one last thing I thought it was cool to hear him talk about weightlifting and stuff. And he mentioned just because you're super jacked and you have the six pack and stuff, it doesn't necessarily mean you're in good shape. And he kind of mentioned his ideology on taking care of your body and how, yeah, you might be getting these super ripped muscles that might help you push or pull a little bit more. But when it comes time to actually play in the game, you're just making it more likely you could tear one of these muscles and you're limiting restriction because you're putting on that mass and it limits what you can do with that muscle anymore. So mm -hmm. it just confirmed my LeBron theory for me that LeBron can't shoot free throws anymore because he got too swole. So that was all I needed to hear. And I just put a little check mark by that theory. Confirm. Yeah, yeah I, I got to say it. He just seems like a stand up guy, class act. Everything he does is calculated. Even his decision to move to Tampa Bay, he said he wrote down a list of 20 priorities and ranked them in order of importance and ended up in Tampa Bay So, because his oldest son lives in New York with uh, his ex-girlfriend, I believe, so he can you know, fly there and see him real easily. Everything about it, but... I think it's time to get into our 10 questions here. Do not forget to vote on Twitter and Instagram for the greatest college quarterback of the last two decades. Last episode, we had Aaron Smith and Jack Hale on to help seed and make a bracket for the top 16 quarterbacks since the year 2000. And we have it down to the championship now. It is Vince Young versus Tim Tebow. Do not forget to get your votes in. Yeah, and on that topic... I want to say Jameis Winston should uh -oh. stick in Tampa Bay and learn under the tutelage of Tom Brady. 
You know, we, yeah, we got but I don't I don't think Tampa Bay cares to have Jameis stick around and be the successor to the GOAT. You have a good point there, but they're going to have to come up with a plan B because I don't think Brady's going to play longer than two years. Who knows? But let's talk about the remaining QBs on the market here. All right. Of the three big names, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, and Andy Dalton, who do you think gives you the best shot at winning a Super Bowl next year? Question number one. Well, with Cam Newton, the first thing I want to say is I still don't believe his shoulder's right. We talked about that going into last year. I wouldn't touch Cam with a 10-foot pole. If I got confirmation that his shoulder was healthy and he was in good shape, there were no red flags, no issues, he was looking like 2014, 2015 Cam Newton, I'd probably go with him if he was for sure healthy. Jameis, I just don't think he has it between the ears to ever win a Super Bowl. I think he would have to have the perfect coach in the perfect system, and his eyes would really have to be something that wasn't just a meme. You know, he did get LASIK. You could see him squinting at the scoreboard all the time. You could see him squinting, trying to see coverages. So maybe if his eye thing actually helps him on the field, he'd be a little bit better. But I think just straight up, I'd go with Andy Dalton. The guy made the playoffs before. His career path is kind of headed into wrong the wrong direction. He needs to turn it around, but still a veteran QB that can manage a game. And I think he's probably the most likely to not make a mistake of the three. So if you've got a great defense and you're needing a guy that's a veteran to come in and really just Alex Smith it, manage the game, I'd go Andy Dalton. And I'd be very scared if I was rolling out Cam Newton or Jameis Winston as my starting QB week one at this point. Yeah. I, I hate to agree with you on all three fronts there, but the cam health thing really does concern me. I also don't know, you know, how serious he is about winning. Is he yeah. just trying to look pretty at the podium each week? Post uh, his IG live and whatever it is. I, I don't love Cam Newton, to be honest. Yeah. I have respect health, for what he did, but the health things, who knows? He's got the foot issues. Who knows how strong his arm is anymore? He's always had some accuracy issues. I feel like, Jameis, you said, you know, between the head, you don't know if he's the guy. Well, there's that whole stigma that coaches think they they can change a guy if they get their hands on him. Hey, Bruce Arians had that uh, had that ideology and look where it got him. Yeah. So I'm sure someone will sign Jameis in a backup role thinking that, you know, maybe they can do it. Booger pointed out possibly New Orleans would be a good fit. Who knows with that? I thought that was an interesting take. One of Booger's betters, in my opinion. <laughs> I completely disagree, actually. I think they're set on Taysom Hill. And I think if there was even any doubt at all that Taysom was going to be the successor to Drew Brees, they would have kept Teddy around. I think letting Teddy go was kind of a sign to everyone else of we've got our guy. Yeah, true. And then Andy Dalton, I mean, he's got to be the most consistent, steady guy here. But Let's be honest. We've seen him make the playoffs. We've seen him get bounced in the first round every single game. It's the Texans-Bengals Saturday wild card game. I don't think Andy Dalton's going to win a playoff game. He might get you there, but you got to have something better than that. So if I'm being honest, yeah. I don't want any of them. But. Oh, I'm completely on the same page 100%. And being honest, just looking at teams who could have gone after these guys, I really think the only place any of the three could win would be New England. Just being completely honest. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yes, sir. Okay, second question here. More wins next season. We were just talking about them. 
Tom Brady, is he going to be winning more games in Tampa Bay or is New England going to be winning more games? Who has the better season, Tampa Bay, New England? All right, straight off the dome, it's got to be Tampa Bay. Thanks. It's got to okay. be. Okay, thank you. So there's there is so much to unpack with this question. This is about as loaded as it can get. The NFC South is going to look a whole lot different, and we can start with that if you're down. Yeah. Uh, we got Teddy coming in to Carolina with a new coach, Matt Rule, Joe Brady, the play caller at LSU coming there as well. I think that offense is going to be fun. I think all those pieces are going to like playing there. They were 5-11 and 11 last year. They're going to be a lot more consistent this year. I think there's going to be some quick buy-in with that team. And then... I agree. Yeah, and then it might be the year that Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore break out. Who knows? Do you? That was going to be my next question. Do you think they have enough receiving-wise for Teddy to really be successful? I know McCaffrey is going to play in the slot. They're going to get him a lot of touches, not you know rushing the ball per se. But, I mean, do you really think they have the weapons for what they need? I think they could use a little bit more firepower. I do. I, I think they'll definitely make a jump probably from five wins to more likely nine, ten. Yeah, be... Vegas has them at six, but I think that's way too low. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's fair. I think I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. But I do want to know on the topic of the Panthers, what do you think about our boy McCaffrey getting the cheddar, the four-year $64 million deal? I saw you tweet about it, and I too just got to hear I'm on that same wave of thinking as you. You can't pay a running back like that and win. When you really started hitting me with the stats about how long it has been since a team won the Super Bowl with a high-paid running back, yeah, I don't like it. And one of my buddies did make the counter argument to me, well, hey, he's going to make a lot of that money with receiving yards and receptions and those type of touches that aren't coming between the tackles as a running back, but I still just don't like paying a running back that much money. I know I, I gave you my spiel about Gurley, Zeke. I hate the Zeke contract. I really do. Yeah. But but I got to say, I'm okay with this one. I really am. Really? I'm, I'm totally okay with Why? it. Why? Because my logic is you're giving Teddy and McCaffrey almost 60 mil a year. What else? How are you going to get weapons around them? How are you going to fill your holes in the line? How are you going to upgrade your defense when your quarterback and your running back are making that much money? 60, no. Teddy's making 20, McCaffrey's making 16. That checks out at 36. Okay, okay. I was thinking McCaffrey was more at like 24 a year and Teddy was like 22. No, no, no. 16 for McCaffrey, but here's why. Through three seasons. That's right. McCaffrey has more rushing yards than Marcus Allen, more receiving yards than Marvin Harrison, more receptions than DeAndre Hopkins, and more scrimmage yards than Barry Sanders. That is nuts. Nuts. Like, how okay, what you... happens if he tears his ACL play number two next season? They're screwed, but I mean... That's the it... thing. You are putting all of your eggs in one basket because if he gets hurt, you can't replace him. You can't. Yeah. I mean, you could I... you could try, but then you just have, you know, 15 to 20 million that's just dead. There's no disputing that, but he just adds another element to that team that I don't think really any other player in the league can do. Last year, he had more receiving yards than Devontae Adams and Zach Ertz. I was doing some digging there. And he was second in the league in receptions. So I look at that $16 million a year, and I think you're paying for the third high, or the third leading rusher in the league and also a really good receiver. So, so you does look at, James White deserve $12 million a year now? I mean, do no, other guys there? Does can't. Austin Eckler deserve 9 or $10 million? 
Eckler may be up there, but I think you're paying McCaffrey some receiver money as well. What do the top receivers in the league make between 16 to 19 million? Or yeah. we got we see Michael but Thomas get the five year 20 or whatever. Or I think Amari. a lot of that is due to scheme. And yes, McCaffrey is great. And there's a reason that they try to get him the ball in space that often. But I think you could there's a lot of other running backs you could slide into that role and they might not be quite as productive, but they're still going to be good. I mean, I just don't think he is that much better than other running backs to be getting paid that much money. I think he's great. I like him a lot. I think he deserves a good chunk of change, but I couldn't do it. I wouldn't be writing that check. That's fine. I just think the receiving value adds to it and you have to evaluate it a little bit differently, but the rest of that, the rest of that division Falcons were seven and nine last season. Mid. I don't see them getting any better. I don't think the no. early acquisition does that much for them. Who knows how he's going to hold up? Yeah, I uh, agree. The Saints, they won 13 games last year. I could see them regress a tiny bit, although they did yep. make some really nice uh, acquisitions this offseason. Brought in Malcolm Jenkins from Philly. Yeah, that's I, big. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, they're they're kind of an institution like the Patriots are. They're they're there every single season. But that division is gonna be tough. But it's hard for me to say that the Buccaneers aren't gonna win more games than they did last season. Yeah, and I think the thing with the Saints is they'll go as far as Drew Brees can take them. I mean, we saw last year he went down and Teddy filled in and it was fine. But in the playoffs, Drew Brees struggled and his arm strength didn't look great. And I just think Breeze is going to slow a little bit. His arm's going to be a little weaker and they might be fine in the regular season, but I'm not sold on the Saints as a team that's going to win the Super Bowl or go on a Super Bowl run. Mhm. Yeah, so I definitely think the Buccaneers could win, you know, 10 games. I tweeted that I think their ceiling is 12 wins including the playoffs. I think about okay, including the playoffs, yeah. Regular season I'm thinking they're 8 to 11 wins. Yeah, I would I would feel pretty confident in that range. Yeah, I'm just really excited to see what Brady can do with, you know, the two best receivers he's had since, I don't know, Randy Moss and Gronk were balling out. Uh, And Bruce Arians said he learned the playbook in two days. So there's no doubt that. Oh, he's going to be so bought in it. It's going to be night and day between him and Jameis. And not to say that Jameis wasn't bought in, but just in their styles of leadership and mannerisms and how they carry themselves. It, Yeah, Tampa Bay is going to be really good. Eating a few more W's this year. A whole lot more. Yeah, but then we got to talk about the Patriots while we're at it. I can't just give a one-sided answer. Oh, completely. Uh, I'll start here. I think the Patriots are screwed. I think... (laughs) Colin Coward might actually be right, and their plan is to. What tank. is he even saying? He's I don't saying table. He's saying they're tanking for Trevor. They are. He doesn't care if they win five or six games. He thinks the league is going to be pretty competitive this year, and the worst teams are going to be going six and ten, seven and nine, five and eleven. And he thinks the Patriots can go five and eleven, six and ten, and get the number one pick potentially. And the more and more I look at their roster, I think he's right because I mean their big additions, who they brought in here. Brian Hoyer, Bo <laughs> Allen, and Adrian Phillips. And Adrian Phillips is primarily a special teams player who's solid, but 
the majority of the Patriots' moves are special teams related. They're not even filling the holes of guys that left. And I know these special teams guys, they're going to groom them, get them some snaps, not just special teams, and they're going to turn them into better players and get more out of them than they ever have in their career. But still, you are losing quality guys like Kyle Van Noy, uh, Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton, Alandon Roberts, and Tom Brady, and the holes aren't being filled at all. And I know in the past you can do that. You know, Belichick has had just so many layers of talent that he can do it and he's able to find guys and get more out of them than anyone else. But at the same time, you have had a leader of your offense that was there for a decade and a half and a consistent leader of the team who's constantly setting the tone, making sure that everyone is following his lead with the work ethic, the energy, and all of the above. That's gone. And I know Belichick is responsible for a lot of that, but you're losing the guy that everyone looked at before the game and thought, oh, we're good. We got him. He's going to lead us to victory. You don't have that anymore. And I know he, Tom Brady doesn't play defense, but that still weighs in on you when you know uh, Tom's going out there next possession. He's going to make sure we're good. You know, We just gave one up, but he's going to put us back in the lead. They're not going to look at Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham and think the same thing. That's just not realistic to expect. So I see the Patriots winning five, six, or seven games next year. And I think they might be the last place team in their division. I think the Jets and Miami Ooh. could be better than them next season. That's some heavy stuff. <laughs> it's very heavy. But the more and more I look at it, I mean, Bill's great. But you got to have some talent. You got to have a little bit. And if the talent offensively wasn't enough for Tom Brady, the greatest ever, to get it done, and he was so frustrated that it was obvious he wasn't happy with his receivers and the talent around him, what do you think Hoyer and Stidham are going to do? Yeah, well, from what I've heard via Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football, that's what it's called, right? How did yeah. I just forget? One of the best one of the best sports shows on television. I will take that to the grave. Schrager said that they really like Stidham so far. He had a, he had a year to sit behind Brady, learn the offense, learn how the Patriots operate. So, I think it's it's nuts to just completely rule them out. I mean, McDaniels is still there. Belichick is still there. They brought yeah. the McCordys back, Slater back. But that's know. all they could do was retain their best players. They weren't, or some of them, you know, they still lost. Van Noy, Collins, a lot of big, big names on that side of the ball. Yeah, they're, they're still, you know, they're cap-strapped this year. They have a really tough schedule. They're playing the Niners, the Ravens. They play at Seattle. They play at Arrowhead at the new Chargers stadium. I mean, there's some really tough games on this schedule. And I think, you know, the Bills will be maybe a notch better. They brought in digs over there. Yeah, I have they no should. idea. They yeah, should no, win 10 games. No idea what's going on with the Jets and Dolphins just yet. But I don't think you can completely rule them out in the division. But with how tough that schedule is, I have to say Tampa Bay will win more games. Yeah, I think so too. I feel pretty confident about that, and a lot can happen with injuries, trades, everything else. I mean, there's still guys on the market like Jadavion Clowney that can really change a team, so more True. can still happen, But and the draft is about to happen. We've got that coming up, so we'll see, but yeah. I'm very intrigued to see what happens in New England because they could win five games, they could win 14 games. No one knows. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard the Lawrence thing, but that is interesting. Oh, Colin Coward has been shouting that from the rooftops. They're tanking for Trevor. Whatever, Colin. Yeah, okay. we'll see. We'll see. Let's switch gears. Question number three. 
I think we both agree that Burrow is likely headed to Cincinnati. He's going to be the number one pick. Someone's yeah. going to, you know, barring a refusal to play there or some crazy trade. Or someone offering five first round picks to move up five spots or something like that. Exactly. So with that said, I think we both agree Tua's the second best prospect above Herbert and Love. So second you, best. Second best prospect behind okay, Burrow. Ahead of Herbert and Love. Thank you. Where do you think is the best spot for him to land? Well, I'm gonna go on the record here and I like Tua's prospects in the NFL better than Joe Burrow's. And I know a lot of people <laughs> are screaming health. Wow. There's a lot of really smart people that I have heard say every team that passes on Tua, it's going to be a Patrick Mahomes type thing. They're going to be saying, oh my gosh, they traded up and they took Mitch Trubisky in front of him. You know, like they traded up and took Herbert in front of him. It's going to be one of those deals. And Mm. Dan Orlovsky, great follow on Twitter. He was a UConn quarterback. They have him on get up all the time. He's great with analytics. He's great explaining the game. He's going to be a head coach really soon. (laughs) He's great, though. He's great. He knows football really damn well. And he's been breaking down the Tua tape, talking about his combine or pro day footage. And he's been screaming it that every team that passes on Tua will regret it. And he says Tua is the best prospect. And he says people looked at Drew Brees and said the shoulder wasn't good enough. People looked at this guy and said health and that guy. And just every argument he makes, I'm a little bit more convinced. And he's so big on that Tua train. And this guy's never wrong. I mean, I have rarely seen Dan swing and miss big time. And he is all in on Tua. And so he also knows a lot of people behind the scenes. So he's hearing very good things. I haven't seen anything about Tua to make me think there's a red flag health-wise, personality-wise, anything like that. I'm all in on Tua. And I think the best spot for him... Gosh, this is going to sound like I'm on crack when I say this. I think the best spot for Tua is Pittsburgh. Whoa. You let him sit behind Big Ben for one year if Big Ben can make it through the year. You make sure that Tua is healthy. You make sure that he is in the best shape of his life when you're going to roll him out onto the field. You give him a year to learn the playbook. You give him a year to get acclimated to the NFL. Make sure everything, like I said, checks out health-wise. He's good. He's training. Everything is rock solid where it needs to be. Let him take over after Big Ben. If Big Ben isn't ready to go after this season, unless he takes you on a Super Bowl run, you give him the boot. It's to his team. I, I, that was not what I was expecting at all. I thought you were going to say the Chargers. Uh, I, my dislike for the Chargers clouds my judgment there. I think he's a great fit. I would love to see him go number eight to the Chargers, but I don't know. I, I just am not sure that. I think he's going to win a quarterback competition against Tarod Taylor, and I would be a little nervous to roll Tua out too soon. So you think he would win the competition over Tyrod? Easily. I don't uh, even think there'd be a competition. Okay, I want to talk about how he would fit there in uh, with the Chargers, but how do you expect yeah. Pittsburgh to get him? Is that just like well, a hypothetical? trade up. They'll have to trade I mean, up a little bit. They traded for Minka. They got, they got rid of that first-round pick. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they don't even have a first-round pick. But This year. Yeah, I mean, next year's first-round pick, throwing two first-round picks in the following seasons, moving up and getting a guy like Tua and pairing him with that Pittsburgh defense and some of the weapons they have. And I know that offense got dookied on last year, but Tua is no Mason Rudolph. He's no <laughs> Duck Hodges. You know, Big Ben 
is not going to be succeeded by Mason Rudolph or Duck Hodges. That's not going to happen. So I think this is a great chance for Pittsburgh to lump any assets together that they need to to move up and get them. And yeah, you're right. They're missing the first this year that they could have used. But if there's a will, there's a way. Mike Tomlin's a smart guy. The Roonies are smart people too. Okay. I th- I think he'd be a great fit with the Chargers. They traded Okung for Trey Turner, a five-time Pro Bowl guard. They brought in Brian Balaga, a right tackle from the Packers. That solves that issue. Two is a lefty. Yeah. And then on the defensive side of things, Derwin James will be back healthy. They bring in Chris Harris from Denver. They still got Casey Hayward. That's going to be a good-looking team, plus a healthy Hunter Henry and some nice receivers. I mean, I... Yeah, Melvin Ingram, too, should be due for a monster season with Bosa. Yeah, I I just think, you know, my one question is, how good really is Tua, considering he had those insane receivers at Alabama? Well, put him in L.A., and he already has some good weapons to work with. Okay, let's not make the argument of Alabama's receivers here. I, I mean, it's a fair point. You got to look at it from every angle. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> okay, we, we can talk more about this later. Yeah. Um, let's move it on to the next question here. Number four. This is one that I have a lot of interest in and I have no answer for. What do the Browns need to do to finally have a 10-win season and make the playoffs this year? Do you have any ideas? Yeah. Good coaching. Okay. Baker to turn his hat around forwards. Okay. Consistent O-line play. Does Odell need to take the watches off? Odell needs to get rid of the the watches. <laughs> the Patek Philippe. Yeah. They all just need to get their damn heads on straight. Come out there and, I don't know, it, it's just all mental. Freddie Kitchens was not a good coach for them at all. I think Stefanski will be a big upgrade. You know, I don't expect him to be the savior and take them to the promised land or anything, but I think this is a somewhat positive move. I mean, I agree. Yeah, they, they bring in Conklin from Tennessee. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Cooper yep. is a nice tight end target. I think he's better than Njoku. Yeah. It's just going to be a new look team. So my, my, my big question is, how is the O-line going to play? Can Odell figure it out and not, you know, create controversy off the field? You know, all they got to do is be quiet and do yeah. their job. And I think they could get a little bit closer to 10 wins. They won six last year, you know. I agree. I think defensively, they're not too far off from where they need to be. They don't have quite as much talent as they could have in a perfect world. But you just look at that offense. And if Baker can play like he did his rookie year, on paper, that is the best offense in the NFL. You have Nick Chubb, you mm-hmm. have Kareem Hunt, you have Odell Beckham Jr., you have Jarvis Landry, you just brought in Austin Hooper, you got Njoku, who's supposed to be, hopefully, maybe finally healthy. I mean, you are just stacked. You upgraded your line also. There's no reason for this team not to win 10 games. Yeah, and they got that 10th pick. Uh, I'm seeing on CBS, they got Mackay Becton, the super freak from Louisville. You know, he'd be a great left tackle. What he's six seven, three forty five, runs yeah. under a five. Tristan Wirfs wouldn't be bad on their line either. He's a beast. Yeah, as long as they just do the right thing, make a solid pick. I think a left tackle would be, you know, the right place for them to go here. I think they're moving in the right direction. Yeah, I completely agree. Completely agree there. Okay. Anything else on that? 
No, that's all I've got. I don't want to talk about the Browns too long or I might start getting sad. <laughs> all right, question number five. Hit me with it. We saw the Colts make a very questionable move. Yes. Signing Phil Rivers for one year, $25 million, a year after signing Jacoby Brissett to a two-year, $30 million deal. Yeah, after they traded for him and he looked like the answer and franchise quarterback going forward. Maybe not franchise quarterback, but decent, decent. Ooh, okay, okay. Are they going to be better with Phil? Hell no. <laughs> no chance. Philip Rivers can probably throw the ball maybe half as hard as Brissett velocity-wise. I mean, the guy's ducks just get so much worse every year. He's just throwing shot put balls 25 feet in the air and waiting for him to come down. It's it's rough to watch. I mean, $25 million for him. Ooh, God bless your soul, Indy. I don't know why you didn't just go all in on Brady, but... I mean, respect for Phil, competitive guy. I would have retired probably if I was him, but he gets another chance with a new team making 25 mil a year, so he's got nothing to lose at least. I, I just, I don't get this one at all. I, I like Brissett more. He's younger. You can actually build around him going forward. It's not just a one-year wild card, what the hell, that's probably going to set you back in all honesty. Yeah, I don't get it either. Phil Rivers can't move in the pocket. He threw the third most interceptions in the league last year. Every time he gets pressured late in games, he forces the ball into... He forces it so bad, and he has yeah. no zip on it. He cannot get a ball in a tight window quick enough, and it floats. And the receiver's just left hanging until the corner safety swoops in and makes a play on the ball. <laughs> the offensive line in Indy is a lot better than what he had. Huge upgrade. That is the Chargers. One, one good point. Yeah, but who's he going to throw the ball to? He doesn't have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and Eckler to drop He'll it off T.Y. to. T.Y. Hilton for four of the 16 games out there halfway healthy. Yeah, you got 25% of the year T.Y. Hilton. You traded the 13th pick overall for DeForest Buckner when you could have gotten a Judy or a Ruggs or whoever. I, you know, I don't see how they're going to make much improvement off of a move like this. I, no, I just I don't, don't see it. It's, it's, I don't either. It's completely opposite, you know, what the Chiefs are doing. Granted, they have Mahomes. It's what, what do they say? Take advantage of your quarterback on a rookie deal. We see the Ravens are trying to do the same thing. You know, sign good players around him. Instead, they're shelling out $25 million to a nearly 40-year-old quarterback. This does not make any sense at all. I completely agree. I don't know if maybe they think having Phil Rivers there to mentor Brissett and show him what, a playoff quarterback veteran is all about, but yeah, it just makes no sense to me. And you got to love the competitor. Phil rivers is, I used to hate him, but I grew to respect him and you know, I wish him the best in Indy, but yeah, I don't see them winning more than eight or nine games. Mm -hmm. And I, I think he's worked with the offensive coordinator in Indy before. So they have some kind of relationship. And I, I think that's what it's gotta be some kind of, you know, mentorship thing. It seems like that's a somewhat, relatively young roster maybe he can show show up and you know teach them how to make the playoffs i you know that i, I, I think that's got to be the only explanation because i really don't get it they looked good last season they started really well and if they finish strong they're probably at 10 and 6 and make the playoffs and i know they finished around 500 and didn't have the year they wanted but they were not that far off they were close mm -hmm. i got nothing else on it 
Yeah, that's all I got on the Colts. Very questionable. Okay, more questionable here. <laughs> we all saw what Billo Baffoon did, what Billo Baffled did, Billo I can't evaluate talent. He he pooped in the bed real bad here. He traded DeAndre Hopkins away for a chip, a potato, and a penny. And <laughs> I got to ask, who has more wins next season, the Cardinals or Texans? Hopkins' new team or his old team? Okay. Is Hopkins going to be the swing that does it for the Cardinals? I don't know. but It's okay. got to help. Five wins for the Cardinals last year in one of the toughest divisions in football. I think the Niners will take a small step back from 13 wins. I think I the Seahawks will do what they always do, be somewhere from 8 to 11. 10 to 12, yeah. Something yeah. like that. The Rams, I, I don't see it. Major question mark. Major, major question mark there. I do think Kyler will be a lot better in year two than year one. Kingsbury, yes. he, he still put out a little bit of a vanilla offense last year. They ran the ball more than I expected them to with Kyler Murray at quarterback. I, I don't blame him for it. I think, you know, you got to let the guy kind of figure out the NFL. Right. I think he was afraid to do too much too soon. Yeah, and look at the history of it. Peyton Manning was terrible his first season. You know, you got to let these guys get groomed a little bit. Lamar did it. Mahomes did it. But I I see them taking a step forward from five wins. They had the tie against the Lions. Should have been six. They were in that close game with the Buccaneers. That was super fun. I hit the over on that one. They could have been 500. They had a lot of games in the fourth quarter that they very well could have won. Easily, easily. And then on the flip side, Billow blowing it is going to yeah. take them from a 10-win team to hopefully eight wins. <laughs> I don't know. That that division I isn't great. Deshaun Watson's going to have to win an MVP for them to go 500. Yeah, and someone was making this point. I can't remember who was saying it. They have all receivers who do the same thing. They run yes, in a yeah, straight I've been, line. I've been saying that for a while. And with Stills, Kiki QT, and Will Fuller. Randall Cobb and now, now they added Cooks and Cobb. I mean, it's five guys who all do the same shit. Like, you have no third down target. You have no big receiver who can go up and make a play. You have little guys who you can play in the slot and hope that, you know, their route gets them opened up downfield or they beat someone on a double move or something. I mean, it's just... And guys that get hurt. Cobb's got issues. Yeah. Cooks has concussion issues. Fuller Cooks will can not never play more than healthy. eight games this year. They don't have a tight end. I, I, David Johnson sure as hell isn't going to be the answer on offense. <laughs> that guy can't stay healthy. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it'll be pretty close between these two teams in the win column. Pick a side here. Okay. If I had to pick a side, I'm just going to go with the Cardinals. Okay, good, good. Yeah, I'm looking at the Cardinals. And realistically, I'm thinking eight to ten wins. Texans, I'm thinking realistically six to eight. Fair. I think the Texans have a chance to make one of the biggest regressions through one season in NFL history. I could see them going ten and six Ooh. last year and four and twelve this next season. I think Watson's too good for that to happen. I agree. I think he's the only thing that will keep them from being completely mediocre. Yep. Okay. Question number seven. Yes, sir. We've been hitting a lot of, you know, forecasting type stuff. What do we expect from each team after all these moves? Now let's switch gear. Talk a little bit of fantasy. You know, we're, we're big fantasy guys. 
So yes, sir. I want to hear from you. The draft is in less than 10 days, nine days to be exact. Who are three rookies that you expect to have real fantasy value? Fill in the listeners here. Who's who's going to be worth rostering? Okay, so kind of an ironic question because the NFL draft this year is essentially going to be a fantasy draft with all the GMs and owners just calling in and Skyping and doing it. But the three guys I've got, and they're all wide receivers, and I, I think expecting that the way you evaluate <laughs> this draft class, Joe Burrow, you don't really know how much fantasy value he's going to have in Cincinnati. That's a big question mark. Agreed. Tua probably not going to start right away. Herbert wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole fantasy Thank wise. Thank you. No or, running backs are going to go in the first or as round. The future quarterback of my franchise. Yeah, I saw enough at Oregon. I saw enough. Uh Snacks might disagree. Don't want to <laughs> hurt Snacks' feelings with too many harsh words on Justin Herbert here, but the three guys I've got, number one, C.D. Lamb. I think he ends up in Oakland, and he's going to be a complete monster. He'll be their number one wide receiver. Jerry Judy, I've had a major man crush on him. He's going to be an absolute animal any team he ends up with. And then Justin Jefferson from LSU is the third guy that I like a lot. I think there's a few other wide receivers you could slide in there, but those are the three I'm going with, and I think the theme of the draft here is it's wide receiver heavy, and it is probably the best draft for wide receivers I've ever seen. You've got rugs and a lot of other really good guys in there too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm kind of with you. I think rugs is a great talent, but I think he's more of a deep ball guy, and he's not going to be a consistent he's like, raw possession type receiver. So I'm with yeah. you on that. I think CD is going to be awesome. If Dallas, if this whole trading Dak thing happens. I'm, I'm going to be what good are your with thoughts that. On that. If they could trade with Miami and end up landing Tua, let's go. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's any debate that everyone would love that. Um, we don't have to, I'm just glad that. you're not trying to argue that Dak's a better quarterback than Tua or That's will for sure. Be. No. Okay, cool. So there Dallas is at 17. I would love to see CD fall to 17 i think the Ooh. ou fans would be big on that he'd look great with that star on the helmet he'd sell a lot of jerseys but man that's asking a lot for him oh, to fall I'd, to 17 i'd cop one he would look great in there he's played there in the big 12 championship games um i think he'll be good judy they're saying he's the closest thing to ab since he came into the league incredible route runner uh tough to tackle after the catch he got most of the attention at alabama so I, during the season, I caught myself asking all the time, you know, is Devontae Smith better than Judy? Is Henry no. Ruggs better than Judy? No, Judy did drop some balls, and by his standards, he had a really bad season, being completely honest. There were a couple games that I saw him make drops and thought I would never see that happen, but the guy is human, and I guarantee you he is not going to be making those drops next season. I like that A-B comparison a lot. Yeah, I mean, the route running is second to none. He's unbelievable. But I, I had those questions all season long, seeing Devontae Smith break off 60-yard touchdowns and everything. But I think that's just because Judy got all the attention in the NFL. It'll be opened up for him a little bit more. I think he'll be awesome. Love that. And then your third guy was Jefferson. He balled in that championship game. I like yes. that, too. Um, I have a couple guys that are at the running back position I just want to mention while we're at it. Okay. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Yeah. I, th I think he could be sneaky. I think he could be sneaky. He's so versatile. Great pass catcher. Low center of gravity. Durability. That makes me a little nervous. Obviously, durability questions. I think 
I don't know how fair that is considering the injury kind of came at the end of the year and we just got yeah. snubbed from seeing him in the natty. And I watched him way more second half of the season than I did the first when he had a lot of carries on his body and, you know, it exactly. adds up, the dings and bruises. So I think he could be good. Zach Moss out of Utah. Um, yep. He was a monster before contact uh, there. He, he might be pretty good. And then Jonathan Taylor, we have to mention him. Eh, played at a Overrated. Su- Okay, think about this. He Second best at, running back in the country last year. Played at Wisconsin, a very run-heavy team. When was the last time you heard of Wisconsin airing it out? This is a guy, you, you got a game plan against Jonathan Taylor in college. So You know who else you had to game plan against at Wisconsin? Who? Monte Ball. Where's he at now? I don't think that's fair. I think Taylor's a better athlete. He ran a 4-3-9 at the Combine. He put up sick numbers a few I'm years in a row. He also has a ton of carries on him at Wisconsin. A ton of carries. He does. He does. But I think you have to look at it in a sense that he was the focal point of that offense. So teams are always game planning around him. That's not going to yeah. be the case in the I mean, the, the box, NFL. eight, nine, ten man boxes. Yeah. Like they, they literally played Wisconsin saying anyone else can beat us. Every team did. Yeah. You're not wrong. Jack Cohn wasn't going to do it. Hey, shout out to Graham Mertz, Blue Valley kid. Hopefully he'll get uh, Wisconsin going next year. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sold on Wisconsin. They need J.J. Watt to come back and a lot more to happen before they're ready to go in a natty. Yeah. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Another fantasy question for you here at number eight. What is going to be your favorite quarterback to wide receiver connection for fantasy next season? Are there any that just have you excited, drooling at the mouth? You can't wait to see him on the field together. And it could be a new connection or an old one from last season, previous years. Okay. So I was looking at this question and I wanted to know, are you asking me like what pair is going to put up the most points together? Not necessarily, but yeah, kind of okay. like if there was one duo that you're going into the draft thinking like, man, I would really love to get this QB and wide receiver on my team. What's, you know, who is it? What's the first duo that comes to mind? Yeah, that that's always been one of our strategies, you know, pairing Watson and Hopkins, that type of thing. So yeah, with that in mind, I, I think you have to start here. Drew Brees and Michael Thomas, Michael, what okay. Michael Thomas did last year was sick broke the single season reception record had 30 he's gonna have the fantasy value though that's the question i don't know if breeze will but 33 more catches than any player in the league (laughs) that was the best season i've ever seen for a wide receiver hands down yeah so i gotta go there first second one um this was impeded Their, their success was impeded by injury last year patty mahomes and tyreek hill Okay, I like that one. There was another one I thought you were going to say first, but I like that one. Tyreek missed a handful of games last year. He has had health issues, what seems like every season, but mm-hmm. there's no doubt if this guy's healthy, that's got to be the best pairing in the league. I really think so. Like, If you want fantasy points, you could get a 40-point game out of Tyreek, and you could get a 40-point game out of Mahomes. Well, the, I the agree on the Mahomes there, aspect. Well, there's a pretty high bust probability with Tyreek. I mean, the guy could only put up five points. True, true. It's going to be a little bit volatile with Tyreek always, but yeah, 
the top level that you could reach, I don't think anyone can beat that. Yeah, you're going to see some 60, 70, 80 point weeks from that combo, without a doubt. Yeah. I I wrote down a few here. And yeah, who do you have? I have a couple more I can mention, but let's hear what you got first. My number one, <laughs> oh. a lot of recency bias in this. Okay. Kyler, Kyler to Hopkins. Kingsbury is going to turn it loose next year. He's going to let Kyler run the ball a little bit more. And I think Kyler is going to have a much better season passing. And that team, I mean, they are just stupid loaded. Stupid loaded. Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk. I mean, they've got Kenyon Drake coming back. They've got Chase Edmonds coming back. They got David Johnson out of there who wasn't running hard and he was fumbling the ball. That's got to be one of the best offenses in football next season. Well, you just named like all the other weapons that he could throw the ball to. Is that going to keep him from throwing it to Hopkins? I think the exact opposite. I think that Hopkins will be double and triple covered and not be as much of a focal point of the defense as he was with the Texans because in Houston, I mean, you've got Will Fuller out. What? You're worried about taking away Kiki Kuti you said, now? You said he will be double and triple covered or he won't? No, excuse me. He will not be double and triple covered as okay. much because you've still got Kirk who can break off a big play. You've still got Larry Fitzgerald who is automatic over the middle of the field and they're solid running backs. So it's not like you can really just play the game of let's stop uh, Hopkins and Watson and we're going to win. I mean, it's not the Texans anymore. And I would also like to think that Arizona is going to do a much better job game planning and working with Hopkins to get him open with Kingsbury than, you know, what happened with the Texans in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I think that will be somewhat of a free flowing offense. Um, other one I wanted to mention was possibly Brady and one of his guys, Godwin or Evans. I wrote that down also. I think Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett is worth mentioning. I like that. I also think Jared Goff and Cooper Cup is worth noting. I don't know about Jared Goff, but I'm poised for another Cooper Cup season. I think he's going to be really good. And then the last one I had, you got to mention it, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Yeah, I knew you'd throw that one in there, so I didn't They got Devin Futchess in there, so Funchess should help Rodgers a little bit, and it should help free up Adams. I mean, that's the first real number two they've had besides Adams since... Jordy Nelson at the end of his career when he was there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I've got on QB wide receiver connection there. Same. Okay. So there's our fantasy talk. We got two more questions left out of our 10. Let's switch it over to some Super Bowl conversation. All right. Question number nine for you. The Chiefs are bringing back 20 out of 22 starters. They're losing Kendall Fuller to the Redskins, and Steven Wisniewski started in the Super Bowl as well. He's headed to Pittsburgh. You expect any hangover from the Chiefs? You know, it seems like it happens every single year. There's there's just not a team that can put up the same record that they did in that Super Bowl season. So just big question, big question. Are they going to fall back? And who's a team that you expect to make a big jump? Okay, so no fallback from the Chiefs. Like you said, they're returning essentially the entire team. Mahomes is only going to get better. He missed some games last year. It was a little questionable if they'd even be peaking at the right time going into the playoffs. I think, I mean, with good health, barring any crazy injury or something incredibly unforeseen, they're going to win at least 10 games and be right back in the playoff picture. Mahomes is just too good. Andy Reid is too good of a coach. They're not going to have a Super Bowl hangover. I don't think there's any way. And then second part of that, you said one team that made the playoffs last year that will miss this year. 
I didn't say that, but I was going to get there. One team that made it and is going to miss, don't say the Texans. And then one team Won't that you think... Won't say the Patriots think, either. One team that you think will make a big jump. Okay, so the team that I think is going to make a massive regression and miss the playoffs this year, and I am going to get verbally abused by you for this, and everyone listening is going to think I'm a complete idiot. <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens. Oh. And here is why. I like Pittsburgh's got wow. Big Ben back. That defense is looking better than it has since the Troy Polamalu days. Pittsburgh's defense is really good. That Mika Fitzpatrick pickup helped them a lot. The secondary is great. The line is great. They don't have a weakness. And you're adding Big Ben back to that offense. If he's healthy and the offense can look anything like it did a few years ago, I know you don't have AB there. I know you don't have Levy on there. But even in the past when those guys had been in and out, Big Ben and Tomlin still found a way to get it done. And Juju is going to be relevant once again. And that team is going to be really good. I think Pittsburgh's going to win 10 to 12 games. They're going to have the number one spot in that division. And I mm. think Baltimore is going to have some trouble. Teams are going to adapt to Lamar. They're going to figure out how to stop him. And Tennessee kind of laid a little bit of a blueprint for that in the playoffs. I think Baltimore is going to only win eight or nine games. And I think Cleveland is going to win as many games as Baltimore and probably get the wild card spot and keep them out. And I know that is so crazy saying that Cleveland's going to win more games than Baltimore potentially, but I have not been big on Lamar, and I don't think that that style of football is elite and going to win you a Super Bowl. Wow. That's a lot to take in. That's a lot to take in. And the team that wasn't there last year going to make a big jump, it's the Steelers. Pretty obvious if you couldn't tell by my answer. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean... You, you do make a good point about the Ravens. There's a year. They didn't of tape. add much either. There's a year of tape out on Lamar. There's no doubt teams are going to be spending extra, extra time with this whole quarantine situation, figuring out what the hell they did. I'm sure other teams are going to be looking at what they did offensively and try to implement some packages like that into their game. That's um, the thing. Success in the NFL. Just like league. Sean McVay did. Yeah, Sean McVay with the Rams had the one season and everyone's implementing little schemes and wrinkles from that offense into theirs and they figure out how to stop it. And all of a sudden, the Rams are missing the playoffs and can't even go 500. Who's to say that that's not the Ravens this year? That's crazy. I did not expect that answer, but that's a good one. I like it. All right, thank you. I thought you'd be a little outraged with that. Is there any teams that come to mind for you big regression candidates or teams you think might make a big jump? Maybe not big regression candidates, but both San or San Francisco and Green Bay won 13 games last year. Yeah. I'm not I'm not big on Rodgers. I don't think he cares that much. I, I don't think they're going to win as many games. I think that division's going to be more competitive. Patricia will probably get the Lions, you know, win in a few more games Stafford at least win in four or five or six games yeah. yeah Chicago has got to be better with Foles than Trubisky I don't see any way that doesn't happen hmm, um, I agree with that one and then San Francisco built a lot like the Rams in the way that Shanahan and McVay run those offenses but I think they have a little bit more stability I'm not I'm you not worried so? about them yeah I mean you look at what they did they were gonna have to Resigned Buckner or Armstead to a big deal. They ripped off the bandage early. They got a they got first round value, you know, out of Buckner. They got a third. Yeah, they did. But you're still overall. losing one of your best players on that side of the ball and one of your biggest impact players. He's gone now. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. But the defensive line was the strong suit of that team. And D Ford and That's Bosa true. and Armstead are still there. Yeah. I, I Point being, I just don't think they're going to win 13 games again. I think they could win. I agree. You know, they could go 10, 10 and 6 or something. Yep, I um, think so too. I also don't think Garoppolo is good enough to have two 13-win seasons back-to-back. He's not Tom Brady yet. Yeah. team ever will be. Team that can make a big jump. This is contingent on... Who plays quarterback? Miami Dolphins. Gotta be, no. right? I really, no. I just really like what the Chargers have done Chargers. this offseason. I really do. If they'd go back to San Diego and get out of LA, I'd root for them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but I laid the blueprint of what they did this offseason yeah. earlier. There's no way they win only five games. And I think Tua completely could potentially agree. take them above that. Even in your So one. let's say that Tarod Taylor is the guy. They don't make a move for any of the remaining quarterbacks. Even if they draft Tua, they say he's not playing year one, not touching the field. Tarod's the guy. He's playing every single game, all 16, any playoff game we make it to hypothetically. What? Give me your best guess at their record and whether or not they make the playoffs. Chargers with Tyrod? Tarod, not Tyrod. Tarod. You're right. Uh, I'm going to say eight wins with Tarod. I agree. I think seven or eight is probably the right number there. Yeah. No more, no less. Okay. I like <laughs> that. I like that. Uh, let's move it on to question 10 here. You touched a little bit on it already. NFC North. Who is the team that is best suited for a Super Bowl run next year? Okay. I said Green Bay is going to. They're a regression candidate. You're going to have to edit that one out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Chicago, man. I, I, oh, wow. Okay, that's who I had, too. That's who I had, too. I mean, defensively, still beast. They brought in Robert Quinn from Dallas. Best defense in the league. Yeah, Robert Quinn had an awesome year with Dallas last season. Bookending yeah. him with Khalil Mack. Hell no, I don't want to play against them ever. Plus, Akeem no. Hicks is still there. This defense is going to be nasty like it always is. I think Foles gives them a little bit more stability. I've harped on this. I don't think Foles is a great regular season quarterback. He had the magical run. He's just got to get him to nine or ten wins and make it in the playoffs. And with that defense, anything can happen. Exactly. Any given Sunday, that defense can get it done. You get a strip sack in the playoffs. That's the one play that gets you the W and moves you on to the next round. So And they picked up Artie Burns also. He's not a big headlining signing, but he's a solid corner that can help out. Yeah, he's all right. I I'm eager to see what they do in the draft though. I'm really intrigued by that. Hopefully they, you know, make the right. I think they'll beef up the line a little bit. They did pick up Jermaine Effetti. I hope I said that right. And he's offensive lineman, no pro bowler, but he started for three or four years in Seattle and he's got a lot of experience and starting quality offensive linemen. So they needed help on the line. I think they could still, Patch the lineup a little bit more. They signed Jimmy Graham to a not very good deal, which I don't, he's washed. I don't, I don't like that, but yeah, I I agree with you. I think the bears are probably the best team in the division or at least have the most upside. Yep. And Minnesota, just Kirk cousins, get the hell out of here. It's not happening. And another thing, he just lost digs. He's got another new offensive coordinator. I think that's like what the third coordinator in two years or fourth and three years or something. No good there. Yeah. And, I just don't trust Kirk Cousins a lot and Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen with that offense. Uh, Dalvin Cook would have to have an MVP season for them to be 
relevant long-term looking into the playoffs, I think. Yeah, they lost Linval Joseph and uh, who's the other guy as well? Linval Joseph. Xavier Rhodes is gone, but he was rough at the end of the year. Exactly. Anyways, I think Foles in the playoffs with that defense could be electric. I agree. And I think with Green Bay, their big issue, we saw it the whole year. We saw it to a T in the playoffs. They can't stop the run. And they lost Blake Martinez. They lost another linebacker. And they brought in Christian Kirksey, who's a decent pickup from the Browns. But they did not do anything to help their (laughs) run stoppage. I mean, they lost two solid linebackers and picked up a good one. But I I don't see anything Green Bay has done that's going to make them any better, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I don't think Rodgers is just going to like make a big jump or anything, so I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, and BJ Goodson was the other linebacker. I couldn't think of his name, but they lost him and Blake Martinez and brought in Kirksey, and I just don't see I don't see that giving them any upgrade on defense. Yep. All right, well, that is all I've got on the NFC North. I'm surprised we both agree on that. I think Chicago right now would not be a bad team to sprinkle just a little bitty tiny Super Bowl future on. I sprinkle a little on the division, maybe, but I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I saw 40 to 1 odds not too long ago. So wow. throw 10 bucks on it. Hey. Yeah. Buy yourself a cheap little scratch off ticket. Hey, there you go. Okay. There it is. 10 questions for the upcoming NFL season. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm confident about it. Oh, yeah. Play in Alaska if you got to build a new stadium, isolate everybody, whatever the hell you got to do, we're playing football this year. We're playing football, baby. Next week, we're going to switch gears completely. We're going to do a little NBA draft scouting. We're each going to come with some guys, fill you guys in on what their Killian profile Hayes. is. Killian Hayes. Onyeka Onkongwu. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Denny, uh, how do you say his last name? Abdiha. Abdiha, I believe. Yeah, something yeah. like that. So there's there it is. Deep dive for the NFL for you today. Hope you liked it. We might do 10 questions with the NBA sometime in the fall. Who knows? This was Why fun. Hope you guys liked it. Jackson, you got anything else? That's all I got, man. I got to go get my daily bucket outside on my crappy goal soon, and that's it. <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. You know the drill. Rate five stars. Drop a review. Tell your friends. This is the ATL.